This is the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 281. I'm your host, Brian. Joining me this evening is is Ian. Hello, people. Bum, bum, bum. Mad Cat is here. Hello, Oh, <laughs> okay. I Mad Cat is... <laughs> and the dumbass himself. On the nose as always, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, that's good. How's everybody doing? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, things are going good. Amazingly. Oh. So I, I see that we're we're hawking a Georgian Armand here, but not Georgian Armand after dark. No, that doesn't oh. exist yet. This is the Christmas story I wrote a year ago, and since we're getting into the Christmas season, um, I figured bring it back up. Um, it is a Christmas story that at no point in the story does it mention Christmas, Christ, or Santa Claus, but it is very Christmas, very Christmas. Well, you know, as we all know, you can't have Christmas without presents, and because of the you know supply supply line issues. Christmas is ruined this year because, you know, it's not about Jesus anymore. It's about the presence, and they finally admitted it. <laughs> Good point. Although, oddly enough, I've not seen any stores in my area that should be sort of um, product, but... I, I, they're, 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 well, I, I just read a horrifying article. Well, it's a headline. I didn't read the whole article because it was too horrified. That said <laughs> that, uh, that single malt scotch could go up three times in price. Wow. Wow, it did, well, it said it said single malt. It didn't say just scotch. So any so single malt. So you can get you know they can make a single malt in the states. They can't make scotch. So, um, but yeah, well, three been, three times the price. What am I going to do? Yeah, but of, of course, the the news for years has been chocolate should be skyrocketing because of um the uh, um cocoa plants or whatever um dying out. And I haven't noticed that either myself. But the same they've been saying about bananas. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. So with the bananas, though, we'll we'll just have to go into a new strain, right? We'll we'll just have to go into a new type of banana, and there's lots of types of bananas. Yeah, yeah. It's just plantations. Uh, it's well, banana. You mean plantain? Uh, plantain. Plantain. Yeah, but that okay, but that banana is much more like a potato, right? So, so what you the way you prepare it is very different. It's not. Um, it, it can be very sweet depending on how it's cooked. Right, but it's not a, it's not something you're gonna go and peel and eat. It's not that kind of fruit. But anyways, go and check out a very Georgia Mond Christmas. It's a fun, fun Christmas story that, like I said, doesn't mention Christmas, Christ, or um, Santa Claus in it at all. So how is it a Christmas story? <laughs> um, if you do research on Christmas, trust me, it's a Christmas story. Ah, <laughs> all right. Read it. Meet the colorful characters that are all. Except, I think every character in it, except George Raymond, is a Christmas character. Unfortunately, though, it does not contain my discussion about plantain. Sorry. Nope. And bananas. <laughs> Don't get me started on plantains. Uh, so, I'm, the, the the next um vacation story that I'm working on now is called Lemon Man versus the Flannel Darkness. Lemon Man versus the Flannel Darkness. Now, this isn't in like the like the context of an anime where. Lemon basically means sex, right? So like lemon angels yeah, no. and stuff like that. Is is that what we're getting at here? Lemon man? Nope, Maybe nope, not going that direction. Ah, well, I don't know about you, um, dumbass. Are you interested? Um, yeah, you know, now that I see that it's not about uh, hentai or anything, then <laughs> you're not interested. My interest had waned. <laughs> I see how you guys are. What's this lemon guy? He's lemon man. You'll have to when the story's done. And I start promoting it. I'll tell you more about it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, re- 
It, it, oh, I guess the big question for me is that, is this Christmas story, can I find it on Audible? No. The, the plan originally was actually to have available on audio for this Christmas season. But regretfully, my um, audio producer um, job got actually pretty busy. And so he's not been able to finish up the audio project. project. Oh, okay. Bummer. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, with that disappointment. No, we have lots more disappointment to come. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, this is our po- normal podcast. <laughs> all right. Well, anything else going on that we that we need to talk about? Everybody else good? Dumbass, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I, I'm, I'm fabulous. Thank you. Uh, Mad Cat, you? How are you? I am awake. Okay, good. Excellent, excellent. Well, good. Well, let's move on. It's time for... Dumbass's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Dominion Empire. The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. You know, when I ask how you are, really what I'd like to know is how's your nasal function? How are you, how are you, how are you, how are you breathing it? How are the old sinuses this evening? You guys, you, mine are good right now, I must admit. Yeah? Here, here's the thing. I, I did, when you, when you get all stuffed up, you know, do you ever think, I need to go have sex? Well, but yeah, but the two aren't really related. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so, uh, this year's Ig Nobel yeah, for Medicine, the 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 the, pri- the Ig Nobel for Medicine went to. Um, let's see. I should maybe I should read the Ig Nobel piece first. Um, so, the prize for medicine uh, went to um, uh, went to a group of people that was researching the uh, the connection between um, from set. Uh, so for de- see. They they received the, the the prize for demonstrating sexual orgasm can as effectively is as effective as a decongestant medicine to improve nasal breathing. That's a fact. <laughs> right. So when I heard that, I knew it had to go in our podcast. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so this is published in the uh, Sage Journal. Uh, so it's SagePub.com. So it's journal journals.sagepub.com. And and so and the nice thing about this particular publication is that it doesn't cost you anything, and you can read the read the whole study. So um, let's see. Well, let's go down to talk about. Um... Well, I'm just reading the opening thing on the study. Okay. We evaluated breathing at five different times before sexual activity, immediately after sexual activity. So my first thought is, uh, a bunch of scientists sitting around like, "Okay, guys, we're going to test you now. Go get it on, and come back, and we'll test you again." Okay, it, it didn't it didn't quite work that way, but go ahead, finish, finish reading the, the, the method there. Uh, then 30 minutes, then one hour, and then three hours after sexual climax. Okay, so so here's the deal. So so that what on 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 the, they would they would like do every other day or something is the way that this they were doing this. So it was um was it 18 couples? It's not it's not a large amount of people. 36, 36 partners. So it yeah so 18. 18 couples, 36 partners, and they and and so one of one of the partners was a was a healthcare worker, um, and and the other person would you know and then and then their and then their spouse or partner or partner it doesn't say spouse just his partner, 
And so those are the people that they did the study with. Um, and what what they would do is uh, they use uh, a method called uh, VAS, so Visual Analog Scale. And so they so it's a, a scale that measures your breathing from zero to ten. Um, and so they and then they and they used and then they did something else, a rhinometric device, a portable rhinometric device. So 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 one of these is is some way, and I don't know how subjective uh, VAS is. But so you you rate yourself somewhere on that scale, and then you use the rhinometrics as well to tell how well you're breathing. And so they, so what they would do is they would before they before they had intercourse, and it does say intercourse in here before they had intercourse, um, and then immediately after. And so if one of the partners didn't climax, they you know they they, they didn't use that person's they couldn't use that person's data for that particular encounter. Um, so so it was important. So climax of both partners or one of the I mean maybe only the partner that climax could. Could um, could fill out data. If the other one didn't for some reason, they wouldn't be able to fill out data. Is what they said. So so they're particularly. Seems so that, to me like um like there should be something in here exploring uh like comparing you know like uh whether the climax was actually necessary to the result, whether it was just the exercise and like comparing just exercise versus uh, exercise and climax. Don't ruin this for me. Please. I'm <laughs> things getting all hot and steamy. Everything like, don't, oh, wait a minute. don't ruin this before for me. We get going too far. We better take our tests and some stuff up our nose. To <laughs> don't, don't, don't ruin this for me. It, it, yeah, I, I don't know if it's just the exercise or not. I don't know, but they, but they, but they are linking at the climax. And, and dumbass, that's what's important. So knock it off. <laughs> just knock it off. In <laughs> uh, the um, uh, paper here, that uh, exercise has been known to have an effect on breathing. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbass uh, on the on the nose. It says right in there. They're so, saying it, not me. Okay, so <laughs> and, and of course, depending on the couple, they might have found a new kink. <laughs> so here's here's the thing: is that you're 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 probably onto something. That it's not just it's not just climax, but it has to do with more with the, with the vascular system and you know and in the way that um it, I mean maybe it has something to do in particular with 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 climax. But you're right. A more comprehensive study would have to be done with people who just exercised and did the same thing, right? Right. So, but right. so for this, well, you know, like um, you could measure the uh, thing in the middle of sex when when you haven't climaxed yet, and compare that see if the climax does anything extra. Well, okay, right. So y yes, all, all those things should probably be looked at. But for this study, they wanted to make sure that the person orgasmed, and it said here that if they didn't, if one of the, if one of them didn't climax, that 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 data wasn't used for that section for 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 that particular encounter. And then, so they would do one day where they would do where they would do sex, and then the next day, it's, it sounded to me like it was the same couples would would do a, would do a um uh, a nasal spray, and yeah. they and they would do the exact same measurements. So before they did the nasal spray. And then immediately after the nasal spray, and, and that means that means within one minute. So at one minute after a climax, one minute after the spray, and then in thirty minutes, and then in sixty, and then in three hours. When what they now, uh, are, that, are these with people who are already having uh, the, not necessarily. Yeah. Uh, some people were, yeah, yeah. Then the only participants having nasal obstruction. Um, so nasal function improvement of greater than thirty. So so it rated. How much they had to begin with, I guess, and so they could tell. Okay, you know, you know the people on this level, nothing's happening. But if they have greater than thirty, which I'm not sure what, yeah, you know, I'd have to understand all the exactly. There's some particular share that I don't quite understand, and they have some, you know, they have some p values in here and stuff that I, once again, I, I am in no position 
um, to, to evaluate whatsoever. Much of this, I'm not in any position to evaluate whatsoever, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and once no. again, it's only 36 partners. Yeah, they they had to have yeah. se- they had to have a severe nasal blockage. Um, well, to if you read it all, though, there was no budget for this, so this was people completely volunteering, saying, well, "Yeah, let's do it for fun and see what we come up with," kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, they, oh, they, they did have some funding. Or part, uh, everyone in it was either healthcare worker or partner of healthcare worker. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there's a few things like that that you know. And it says all participants claim to have achieved sexual climax, right, in the results. So when they, when they looked at the results, and so what? The, but the results, what it did show, is that is that um. Uh, within about 30 minutes that that they they so immediately after um some of the so they it said that some people did show little but it took it you know so but at the 30 minute mark is where they sh- where they had the most improvement and then at 60 minutes it was still pretty it, you know they still had the effects but at three hours um after the 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 ones from sex dropped off very quickly so it dropped off it's i guess it started to decline at 30 to 60. Yeah. So they looked at an immediate 30, 60, and it kind of it's yeah. kind of tails the, off very the quickly. The conclusions were short-term-wise, it's as effective as the nasal stuff. Long-term-wise, right. however, the nasal stuff was actually still sleeping. But my um, point is yeah. here that you want to do it more naturally, so you should be having sex once an hour. <laughs> These people, we, we, you help your partner out is what I'm getting at. This is where my analytical brain uh, wants to break it down because I'm wondering, all right, um, okay, like, I, like I was saying before, like, I'd like to see, uh, okay, um, uh, the, these people were having sexual intercourse, obviously a very active thing to do. What about people just masturbating, not really getting that active, but having an orgasm? See, and, I don't, and, I, and I'm guessing that it has something to do with the physical activity part of it. I think that the exercise would, ha- would have more effect than masturbation, but I, wouldn't you like to test that? Exactly. Yeah, dumbass. Yeah. Dumbass. Put together your own study then. <laughs> hey, you guys want to be part of a study? <laughs> well, my husband's already in the bedroom. I can go test. <laughs> yeah, go go to go go find out how he's breathing, you know, and let us know. <laughs> okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you, you, de- you definitely have a good come on. Like, you, know, you hear a woman sniffling. Hey, baby, you want to help me? I, I can help with that congestion. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. Okay, One so th- th- this is funny. Right. But but there seems to be something to it. But exactly what that is, whether it has to do with anything to do with the climax or whether it's just some sort of physical activity, we don't right. know. Right. It could be that if you got in the exercise bike and, and did that for five minutes and then tested your nasal function, that that would do it as well. Right. Um, th- that isn't nowhere in here. Do, do they even uh, get close to, to testing exercise other than the line that they've shown that it could happen? Um they they did look at some you know apparently this goes back to Freud trying to make a trying to make a connection between you know the the genitals and, and nasal you know stuff which I, th- yeah. I thought was interesting um, and he was always spot on right well, exactly right so it's like <laughs> oh, okay if that's if that's where your is that your starting point I'm not so sure that this is good um, but but in the end yeah they they, they showed that. Uh, it says that sexual intercourse with climax improved nasal breathing, and of course they didn't test without climax, right? So <laughs> we don't know for sure. There's there we don't have a control there. Um, uh, see, ben, to the same degree as applying a nasal decongestant for 60 minutes, as measured uh, subject to VAS, with a uh, confirmed by objective rhinometric data. 
So, so the two were compared somehow, I guess. And uh, data meant that the nasal flow increased while resistance decreased immediately, 30 minutes and 60 minutes post-intervention, three hours after uh, intercourse, and see the nasal breathing was back back to baseline. Okay, so so at 30 minutes after at three hours you're back to baseline, whereas the decongestant continued to work. Uh, only participants having nasal obstruction, no scores greater than 30, showed improvement after sex. So if you didn't already have those, those severe blockages, then I guess it's not enough. So if with any luck, your partner has severe blockage. <laughs> I, I don't know if this is going to work at the bar, but there you go. I've given you some ammunition. I was looking at home. I was like, your, your significant other's all stuffed up. It's like, yes, I'm getting lucky now, baby. <laughs> but here's the thing is it does make you it does make you laugh at first and it kind of make you think about it what what could be yeah. going on there right it does exactly what the egg Nobels are, are supposed to do right and, and ultimately i mean it's only 36 people it's not it, it's not a very you know a rigorous study by any means it could be proven wrong in in a you know and it could be just exercise right there's something here but what is it right is it is it really climax right. uh, who knows it's it's also a lot more uh, effort than just spraying in a nasal. You gotta take that for what it's worth. <sighs> it's more pleasurable. Dumbass, this was for you. I mean, really, I, I put this in here for you. <laughs> I, I should mention uh, the other one that that uh, that I really found funny was the Nobel Peace Prize or the Ig Nobel Peace Prize. Um, let's see. The Peace Prize w- uh, was given to a group that um, tested the hypothesis that. Humans evolved beards to protect themselves from, from punches to the face. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, uh, I guess a beard can can potentially provide some some protection. I guess that's what they were testing. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't know. That 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 I thought that was a great one. Um, I don't know. I I, I always love the Igno Bells. I've never gotten punched in the face since I've had a beard, so I couldn't. You yeah, yeah, really? How, how, how often our uh, our caveman ancestors had to get fights for this to be a big uh, um, evolutionary pressure? I don't know. Hey, um, Ian, could you put Lorelai on for a second? She's in the bedroom. No, now. damn it. Well, yeah, okay. I guess we're not going to get her to punch her in the what? face then, because I think she I'll would do it. I think do it. I think she would do it for I'll... science. Quinn's right science. here, and we'll do it. I'm sure. Yes, <laughs> I'm sure he will too, right? Exactly. Actually, I think Quinn right now has a better brain, so I should probably punch him in the face. There you go. Yeah, for science. <laughs> Come on, boy. It's not child abuse. It's science. <laughs> hey, he's, he turns 22 in just a couple weeks, so he's oh, not a child God. anymore. I had I had one turn 18. <laughs> I had eight one turn 18 on Friday. Holy mackerel! I've got two oh, two over yeah, here. Your oldest is 20 right now, right? Yeah, she She'll turned 20. Soon. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. Wow. Okay, so it's not. But I, I don't think yours has um as much facial hair as mine. <laughs> I'd, I'd you know, because I didn't. I, I don't have dwarfs for girls, right? <laughs> I mean, so so yeah, no, no beards. No, no beards. None over here either for the women. All right. Hey. So, but so, uh, living robots learn to reproduce. Right. Uh, do you guys rem- do you guys remember that uh, thing we did uh, a while back about uh, the scientists putting those together together those frog cells to create living robots? No. I'll pretend I do just to sound like I know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it, this is a thing that uh, we looked at a while back. Scientists had basically uh, th- this is amazing. This uh, it 
it's not even like genetic engineering or anything. They're basically taking cells, and and apparently you can do this. It's fascinating. You can just stick them together like Lego, and like make them in, into different forms. And you can use like uh like each cell could do a different thing uh, in a different way. Then you you put them together in different ways, and they'll perform different functions. You, they they got like a um uh, a machine algorithm that kind of evolves the function. Uh, in iterations, gives you out a final result that does a thing, and then you you have put together uh, all of the cells in a different way, and little cells will move across the board and do things just like it. And the, these are all frog cells, basically. This genetically, this thing is a frog. You haven't even you haven't edited its genome or anything. You've just taken frog cells, put them together in a different way, and say, "There you go, you little creature," and it's a living robot. And well, some, we, we and, but they were, well, but they were reproduced we as well. <laughs> that's what we're getting getting to <clears throat> unfortunately i'm ashamed of the scientists this is not a little living robot uh having mm. ha- having uh sweet sweet uh sex with each other how's their nasal um, function by the way <laughs> but one of the things we know is dna you know your basic dna has the information needed to produce any cells and make any cells function the way they need to so to me this isn't too surprising because cells say okay I'm set up to do what now? Okay, let's activate that part of the DNA and have me serve, or, you know, do that function. All right. So, so yes, I, basically, they, 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 what they, what they've done now, uh, they, they made them reproduce. Now, like I said, uh, they're, no, they're the, not. Uh, oh, go ahead. Actually, they didn't make them. They were surprised when they started, is what I understood from reading this. They did not actually do anything to make them reproduce. They just started reproducing on their own. All they've done is played with that after the fact. Yeah, that's uh, what I think as. It says, uh, went back to something else. Uh, same team that built the first living robots has discovered that these computer designed and hand assembled organisms can swim out into their tiny dish, find single cells, gather hundreds of them together, and assemble, quote, baby xenobots inside their Pac Man shaped mouth. Quote. But I'm pretty sure that's what they were aiming for. They were just uh, astonished when it worked. Okay, man. Let's see. There's a lot of scientific mumbo-jumbo in here that gets to this. that look and move just like themselves. Uh, we asked a supercomputer at UVM to figure out how to adjust the shape of the initial parents. Oh, no, that's uh, after they uh, did the first. Okay, here it is. In early experiments, the scientists were amazed the xenobots could be designed to achieve simple tasks. Now they are stunned that these biological objects that computer-designed collection cells will spontaneously replicate. We have the full, unaltered frog genome but it gave no hint that these cells can work together. Yeah, but that, you know, when I say scientists were stunned, uh, that that's just uh, something that they say when something happens. Mm. Yeah, the scientists weren't necessarily stunned, but the guy writing it was stunned. Yeah, that's that's always the problem with with, the, with that kind of hyperbole. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm not getting anything specific here, but I'm pretty sure that was the intent of this to try to figure out how to get them to replicate. But um, the thing about it is, like I was saying, they're they're not making sweet sweet love to each other. Um, they're not uh, inserting genetic codes uh, I- into anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what they are doing is, uh, if they've got like a supply of frog cells uh, down there, you put them down, and they will assemble them into other cells like them. Well, we've all seen Jurassic Park, so we know life will find a way. And <laughs> this is frog DNA they're playing with, which we already know from Jurassic Park. You know, that's what triggered the. Uh, so you know, what were they expecting? Well, they might have been expecting this, and it, and it worked. Yeah, and and now we're going to have um um frog cells taking over and attacking us. Attack of the polywogs. Okay. I said one more. I've seen Jurassic Park. I know what happens next. 
blow us up. What's that? What's that? Nightcat, what did I you said, say? Blow us up. I've seen, I've seen Pac-Man frogs work. <laughs> I don't want to be eaten by one of these things. <laughs> It is interesting in and watching and watching this. I, I is this what um, so they show the the dish that it's happening in? Is this just because it's um is it is this is is just a microscope that a picture that that they're showing? Uh yeah. Or I mean, I, if I remember correctly, these things are about the size of a grain of right. So far, and they even say at the end you have um one scientist saying all these different problems are here because we don't know how to predict or control what groups of cells are going to build. Xanobots right. are a new platform for teaching us. That that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> now to go from the microscopic. Uh, let's move on to some crazy, going. right? Let's move on yeah. to some crazy, shall we? So, oh, what's where? Where is her name? Sharon Gilbert, who is? Yep. She's kind of. She's definitely. She's a. I don't know if she's an end times preacher. I don't know. She's definitely, you know, like one of these, you know, she, she's on, um, she appeared with Jim, uh, Baker. Jim Baker. And so she's, yeah. she's one, she's one of those ilk, right? She, um, and I guess Hermit, Hermit Meta is the one that, that posted the video initially. Um, my second link has the, has the video in it. What a pile of crazy. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't, I, 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 I just can't, I can't have a lot of respect for this. <laughs> so, um, what she's what 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 uh, the story that she tells? She tells a story about um about being in bed with with her husband and having an, another creature appear, and that looks exactly like Derek, her husband, and and well, wanting to have. Well, the description's weird. Okay, the go real for Derek it. Derek is lying next to me. Other Derek sits right up out of him. It startled me. Which what yeah, the fuck? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> so. <laughs> So and wants to have and wants to have sexual relations and and she's like and this thing wanted to to do something that would take me away from Jesus. What? <laughs> now why is she assuming it's an alien and not a demon? Well, I mean, the, uh, uh, who knows, right? Um, what does she say? Uh, he says I'm. Uh, she's uh, the real Derek was lying right next to me. I knew uh, I knew that uh, was not Derek, and so I asked the the critter. Who are you? Because he clearly wasn't wanted to have sexual relations. Sexual. I love. I love how clinical they are. They wanted to have sexual. No, the creature wanted to fuck Sharon. She wanted. He wanted <laughs> to fuck. Uh, he nervously claimed to be. Oh no. He uh, he said, "I'm your husband." I said, "Who are you?" <laughs> so it gets even weirder. Go ahead. Go for it. So the last time I knew he was really desperate and asked him again, who are you? He told me the same answer. And I said, I'm not going with you. The, this was an internal dialogue. <laughs> Finally, I said, I had enough in my mind. I reached up. I grabbed his face and said, you are a liar. And Jesus is real. I pulled the face off and beneath it was a reptile. <laughs> he had little creatures. He had little creatures with him this time. He bought these little halfling creatures, and they looked like gargoyles, and they were very reptilian as well. What the f- <laughs> Exactly. Oh, what the wow. fuck? The, the, this stuff fits in very much with the main topic we're about to go <laughs> it, into. It does. <laughs> it, it very much fits. Exactly. That's why I'm like, oh, okay, this works. Here, but here's the thing: these people, these people that are are having. I mean, she had some sort of experience. Let's let's give her that, right? But what what she, well, but we can the, also uh, point out here. I mean, uh, well, we're calling this crazy, well, but um, uh, hallucinations, especially in the moments around uh, sleeping, are fairly common. 
Yeah, that's the thing. Well, exactly, but but there's a disconnect here between between the the sexual relations and 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 the whole Jesus is real part, right? Yeah, because she had to make the story fit for for her audience, obviously, right? Because yeah, and that and that's really where the, the where these things are not congruent, right? There's there's the there, there's the the one thing where the, where uh, a demon ghost alien is one is trying to have sex with her, right? And then there's the other part where all of a sudden you know she's she's spouting about Jesus. It's like whoa, where and why? Yeah. <laughs> well, because it was marriage outside of her, her right, husband. but yeah, exactly. It was, it was sex and that's outside. That's why you ripped yeah. the person's face off. Whatever. You're not my husband. I will rip your face off. <laughs> I'm just wondering what, what the what the aliens' angle in this is. I mean, well, are 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 the aliens Satan worshippers? Oh, they, they obviously wouldn't argue with her because, like, you know, it's him and then a bunch of little creatures that he calls halflings. Which you know, so apparently the, the guys into some kinky stuff. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that looked like gargles. Here's a, is I'm I'm not it, the claim that this is real, right? That that that, that this is not a dream. It, I mean that that that's part of the the crazy, right? Yeah. But um, once more, going with what we're about to talk about. All right. Well, let's um, let's go on. Yeah. So basically, consider everything here on out to be connected in some way, shape, or form to the idea of um, sleep paralysis and what comes from that, because. That's more. That's the initial topic of tonight's podcast was going to be that, and so that's why this this stuff links up to it. While it doesn't make any reference to sleep paralysis, once we start talking about sleep paralysis, you will see her experience fits so perfectly in with the idea of it. It does, but so, but it, now the way that you've ordered these, you've got Sherry stuff before we start talking about the ghost. Do you want do we do we want to talk about Ken Pets ward off evil spirits first? Yeah, let's do that real quick for fun. All right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because I mean, it, it definitely fits with the topic. It, yeah. but it's a, but um, but yeah. So yeah. if 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 aliens or demons or ghosts are trying to hook up with you, apparently your pets can help with that. That's right. At least that's that, what. At least that's what quite a few people believe. And they did have a uh, a survey in uh, the UK uh, about pet owners reporting that their dogs or cats alert them to supernatural presence by barking, growling, or staring at nothing, or by backing away from something that cannot be seen. Uh, some you know, um, yeah. had said that their pet also displayed uh, flared neck fur when a spirit is nearby. Obviously, uh, like, I think uh, cats will have a, a tendency to uh, stare at a place and get like either unusually interested or uh, unusually scared or something, but... Uh, you know what? They they, they have a uh, higher sense of uh, hearing than we do. They're probably hearing something going on that we can't hear from that direction, mm-hmm. and are like, "What the fuck is that?" Yes, but they will also chase shadows. They will also and 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 little pen lights, right? I mean, so so chase pen lights too. Yeah, a lot of items actually. So do. I mean, it could be that they're just seeing a, that 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 they see a shadow that you know that yeah. that you know oh, and stuff like that. I also know that there are. Um, you know, sounds and senses that we don't perceive that other animals can. Even within, like, hearing loss. Um, a, I forget what it's called now, but there's a certain frequency that kids hear that adults don't. Oh, and, and we know that that's kid, true. <laughs> my boys actually have an app that will produce a sound on that frequency. And um, they'll, they'll do it to each other. Oh, no, I oh, it's on YouTube? There's I mean, an app, too. But on... you're right that there's an app, because I've used that yeah. on the kids. <laughs> and because we were in a store, and I think it was Quinn doing it on Hayden. He's like, stop that. I'm like, what's he doing? 
he's playing the frequency. What are you talking about? Because <laughs> I was. Yeah, I found that YouTube clip and I was able to hear it. Oh, well, I can't. <laughs> I, there's all sorts of noises where, where yeah. the, the kids will be cringing at something on the TV because there'll be some awkward noise. And, and I'm like, I don't, I don't hear it. It could be the fact that I'm wearing headphones that I was able to hear it. I don't know. Oh, well, I don't know. That that can make a difference for sure, right? Because not because sometimes it, it the, the frequencies get cut or changed, with, with, you know, depending on the, the speaker right. that's playing it, right? So it, it's possible that the frequency was not as high when you were listening to it. But yeah. And we also know there are, you know, the infrared, ultraviolet stuff that we can't perceive that animals can uh, some animals, so, sure, right? I yeah. mean, I mean, bees so, can certainly the, see into the um, um, into the into spectrums we can't. Yeah. So there's definitely and, a level of you know stuff that we uh, you know physically are unable to observe, unable to sense that you know it would make yeah, sense. Yeah, legitimately, not not in the way of ghosts or anything like no. that. Um, there, there are. Yeah, I think it's mo- most likely sound that. Uh, Cats and uh, dogs are uh, but listening to. We're rationalizing. Like we're we're rationalizing what the, what the pet is doing. But what we should really be considering is your pet may be psychic too. <laughs> right, Sherry. Right, Mad Cat. Right, right, right Mad Cat. May be psychic. Yeah. And according to the survey, many pet believers believe uh, pet owners believe this as well. Pets can soon learn subtle changes in our behavior and their environment that alert them to something we're about to do or changes to the atmosphere like a storm brewing. That's not psychic, though. Well, what's Uh, more is 75% of pet owners believe that their animals can predict (laughs) illness. Uh, With one dog owner reporting that their canine friend alerted him to a kidney infection by placing a paw on his stomach. Because why else would a dog come up and put a paw on your stomach? Yeah, Yeah. true. But also, (laughs) um, I think they have done tests that shows dogs can actually smell out cancer cells, haven't they? Well, they've trained properly. There's some belief that they might be able to, yeah. Yeah. So there's a bit of logic to it, but it's not psychic. It's science. Well, but okay. detecting the weather. You, You can sense... Changes in the atmosphere, even a human can't walk out and say, okay, it feels like it's going to rain today. But here's, here's the problem. I it's going to rain because it hurts. <laughs> Here, here's the problem. Is that this Still one this, this one that we're talking about, that this idea that, that the dog put his, his paw on his stomach, how often do, does, does this dog put, the, yeah. put it? I mean, th- this is probably a normal behavior. And one time he did it, he probably hit something hurt. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, the, it, it's just like uh, rationalizing after the fact, and it, and it's like you know, um, uh, I, I think we all know like uh, you you can get like uh, uh, sound phenomena that you didn't really even realize was around uh, recording something. Uh, it's a big thing with uh, the uh, electronic voice phenomena. Is that what they call it? Something like that. Yep. They try yeah, yeah, yeah. The broken radar, the uh, or the breaking uh, the broken radio, the uh, the yeah. Oh God, what it, what is the name of that? Brian, um, uh, Brian, and um, Brian Baxter. Brian Baxter, you said go off about that all the time, and they really pissed the Frank's box. Yeah. Oh yes, yes, I remember those things. Yes. Yeah. Um. But but my point is, like, um, there are lots of noises going around that we don't even register to our ears. I mean, I'm sure behind our walls there there are electronics making tiny little. Well, yeah, that could something, right. That, that little, could little be wines that maybe that turn on. Uh, uh, in a moment that a cat will notice, but we 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 don't hear, and the cat's like, "What what is that?" And is staring at the spot where it's coming from, and we're like, 
Oh, oh my God, it's a ghost. It's a ghost. Yeah, and you know, going off of Brian and Baxter's research and stuff, there are times where there's just a feeling in the air that we don't necessarily interpret. That uh, you know, there's a, the one case of them investigating the jail cell that had like a high suicide rate, and what they determined was it was the frequency of uh, noise coming from a fan that we were, you couldn't um, consciously register, but it was driving people crazy. Yeah, I I, I remember them talking about that. Yeah. This was and, definitely a Brian Baxter, not a David Baxter. No, this is Brian and Baxter. Brian, Brian and Baxter. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't know that reference. <laughs> Are they the Mile High Skeptics or something like that? Forget. Uh, I'm like not that. talking about the David Baxter Although, mostly, I think it's mostly Brian right now because Baxter's still dealing with some um, legal issues. Oh, really? Okay. I don't know. Yeah. That. Well, we can talk about that later. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, yeah. But, of course, now we also we now know that. If you want to prevent all the stuff we're about to talk about, you need to have your pets around. Yep. Because they might scare off the ghosts and demons. And well, but... so I'm, I'm going to go into a bit of an introduction here before we start. Well, I was going to say, hold on. We're, we're, we have totally demolished Sherry's article here. We have, we have taken it away from her. Is there anything in here that we need to, that we need to cover <laughs> that, we, that we missed when we were babbling? <laughs> pets? In, in your article, is there anything, is there anything else that, that, that you wanted Not to cover? Not really, to... just that... Uh... You know, it. many people do believe that their animals can ward off evil spirits and that they have some, some kind of telepathy because of the factor of, you know, them seeming to know what you're thinking and how you're thinking. And, of course, uh, now, I, now I'm thinking of the movie Cat's Eye. You know, you know, Pat, that Cat's Eye was a completely different thing, though. That was, uh, well, no, you have the cat no, going it, to save it, the little it girl. chase off the demons by getting it away from the baby. Well, no, it, it was a little... Was it the, a baby or was it a little girl? I thought it was a little girl. It was was a, there was a baby or a little... I don't remember. I think it was a little girl. Quick, but they so were that, saying that cats can take the breath away from a baby. Yeah, but it was a demon that was doing it. If they sit on them. But, right. It was little demons that was doing that were doing But was it a demon? Was it a little girl or was it a baby? I don't... It's been a while I, since I've seen the movie. It was a baby. Honestly. Right. I can check that out. <laughs> um, but anyways, so we have that. Yeah. About 10 years ago... I started putting together a thing um, that I was going to start suggesting to conventions for a panel idea. And so I took a bunch of notes after seeing uh, one of those um, reality show things that... Newborn baby. It was a newborn baby? Okay. What was the little girl? There was a little girl in it, though. Damn it. I swear there was a little girl in it. There was. I need to hang down and watch it. Drew Barrymore was in it. Well, it, it felt right that it was Drew Barrymore, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Well, it's the one I may have to watch again. I don't remember it being that bad. I just, uh, I just like to say that, uh, it, like, pets are so in tuned to uh, things that are going on in the environment. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember um, when I was growing up, we we had our dog Muffin. Um, we we grew up on a um, uh, my parents owned a golf range, and uh, there was a, uh, a a line set up uh, in the parking lot so that uh, we could hear it ding ding when cars come in, so we could go out and uh, take care of the customers. Um, and, uh, when my mom's car would come in, it would make a slightly different, uh, dinging noise, a little diddling kind of, kind of thing, because she was coming in at a different angle to where, where she parked. And, uh, Muffin got to know that sound really well and got so excited whenever she heard it. It's like, uh, they, they will pick up on a bunch of things that you'd never think they'd pick up on. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. All my animals, same. They do, they know when Dorothy's going to be home from work. <laughs> they know when, uh... When it's food time, or bath time for my little dragon. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, just went through the whole joke about the um the animals not giving a shit about um daylight savings time. 
you throw the food schedule off by an hour, they're going to yeah, notice. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, okay. So, so we, we, we yeah, so, go, did you finish what, the piece that you were trying no, to do there? I didn't think so. No, you're probably going to have to edit what I set out and just jump into this. So I'll, I'll start it fresh now. Okay. So, <clears throat> about 10 years ago, um, I started doing a um, panel idea that I was going to present at um, some conventions after I saw one of those reality programs of real life paranormal experiences thing. And in it, we had this woman who described um, going through this experience of waking up and being paralyzed and being in a panic and not knowing what was going on. Um, everything was foggy and um, she couldn't move, couldn't um, speak, um, ha- having problems breathing. And apparently she described that and instead of going to a doctor and talking to the doctor about it, she describes that to one of her friends. Her friend's reply was, oh, you've been visited by the hag. And her friend explained that what she experienced was a, um, basically a witch showing up and stealing her life energy. After, after she was told about the hag, whenever she'd experienced that, she suddenly saw a hag. That never before had she seen anything. But as soon as someone suggested to her that, oh, this was the hag, that's what you're experiencing, she started seeing the head. And the, the, this gets even more into how suggestive people are, in that she then got a roommate, and she warned the roommate about the hag. Her roommate had never um, gone through anything like that before, but as soon as the roommate is told, oh, there's a hag, her roommate started to see the hag as well. <clears throat> so I did some research into what made the most sense, because everything she described is um, fit perfectly with the condition that is well-documented called sleep paralysis. So what sleep... Pr- who, who here has uh, experienced sleep paralysis? What was that? I said, who here has experienced sleep paralysis? I, I know I have. Um, I think it, I, I have I not. Have as well. it's, a, it's a scary thing. It is. You, know, you, you basically, you do feel trapped. And once I... It's interesting because I experienced a few times and I learned what sleep paralysis was. And I actually, I think the last time I ever went through it, it occurred to me what was going on. It's like, okay, just calm down. You know, I'll get over it. Yeah, I've had instances where I've like, where I'll wake up and can't move, but I'm always able to shake myself out of it. So it isn't, it, so it isn't sleep paralysis like you would have to. It, it's more like at that tail end. Like I got woke by something, but and I and I remember having trouble moving, but I was able to force myself out of it. Yeah. And not everybody can do that. Some people get stuck right. in there. And it's different. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I think I think the forcing out is the is the same thing. Although it just uh, sometimes it takes longer and it is more persistent. Yeah, but so basically, what it is is if you you know people dream, everyone dreams, even most people can't really remember it. If your body was not paralyzed while you were sleeping, when you were dreaming, you would basically be moving around, walking off the bed. I've I've done that as well, where so, you know I was obviously out of whack and I was dreaming I was walking and I literally walked myself off to the side of the bed and fell on the floor. So if your body's functioning right, what happens is it shuts down in a certain way that while you're dreaming, your body's not moving. However, that doesn't always wake up in the right order it's supposed to. So if your consciousness is basically waking up before your body's saying, oh yeah, I better get out of this paralysis thing, that's when you hit sleep paralysis. You're basically semi-conscious, but still in a state of sleep. And you're very susceptible to hallucinations and such at that time. Right. And, and out of that, we see a lot of different things coming. We see people who are having sex with, you know, they claim to be <laughs> having sex with ghosts or or uh, or raped by demons. Right. Um, uh, and uh, I'll tell you, though, like uh, aliens. You, you talk about like snap. 
you talk about snapping yourself out of it. I, I've had it happen. Where I'm like, I'm like, come on, move, move. And I finally snap myself out of it. I'm like, oh, good, I'm moving. All right, back to sleep. And then it's and then it's there again. <laughs> I'll tell you the times that... it's like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> I just got over it. The times that has happened to me, when when I do get up after that, you feel terrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you've been through something. You know, it, it's not the most pleasant of things. And well, mine's only been, uh, well, what I perceive to be seconds, right? It, I mean, it was yeah, just, a, well, just seconds. Yeah, time doesn't mean much during it. Right. Yeah. Well, so, I think that some people can feel like it goes on forever, right? I mean, your, your sense yeah. of time is not very good during these. I, I, I don't think that I've had sleep paralysis like, like what you're talking about. It's just like, but I, I but I, I've had that paralyzed feeling before. I, I've had a handful of times and it's been, you know, a, a while since last time I've had it. Yeah. And, you know, there, there are reasons for it. And so I, I, about 10 years ago when I was doing this, I found the Haunted North Carolina Paranormal Research and Investigation website, which I could not find again now. But I apparently cut and pasted a real nice in-depth look at sleep paralysis, what it does, um, symptoms of it, you know, a lot of the more detailed stuff about it, which, you know, is actually a real good summary of the whole condition. Yeah, this but is now to go, this is interesting, but, you know, of course, the, if, you know, if I put this up in the show notes, I got to cite a source, otherwise I can't put this up. Oh, okay. Right, because the, obviously this is not ours. We we need to cite who it came from. We can't just we can't just republish this without without giving uh, credit to, to sure, whoever. I got the name of it. I think that's enough. I, I got the name, but right? Well, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah, it's fine. Regretfully, we can't link to it because um, I did try to look them up, and this, whatever site comes up now seems different, and I couldn't find this information on it. Okay, well, they could be gone, but you know that so. that. Well, okay, well, we'll 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 come back to that. Yeah, yeah. So so that that brings us to having sex with ghosts, and this site that I found is what is it? What, what is the name of this site? About demons. About demons. Uh, it's um and <laughs> well, this is sex with ghosts. So aboutdemons.com. And in this person, I think that they talk about sleep paralysis, but only as a tangential mention. I mean, for the most part, I to to me, this reads like this person thinks that this is actually happening. Am, am yeah. I wrong? Oh, it does. And no, I, I I've, I've skimmed through the website. This person is, um is an exorcist. Yeah, um, has been trained in exorcism. Uh, apparently, demons generally just want to have sex with you. That's all they. I, I didn't completely understand why all demons do. So, so, so there's a song about that, right? Demons just want to have sex. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Number one. It's not procreative, apparently, since yeah. people aren't giving birth to. I, I mean, I guess arguably they're not giving birth to demons. Spawn, but I'm sure some okay, people argue that. Why uh, would Why would somebody? Why would a demon want to have sex with a human in the first place? I, I guess I don't understand that. It's some He's sort of. I'm um, taking the energy and life force, is what it. Um, I mean, yeah, I, they obviously have a different uh, standard of beauty than we do. <laughs> Either that, or uh, a factor of torture and terror. It could be. I mean, but there, well, no, there's they, different. They generally aren't scaring the person. They're um, according to her, at least, they're generally seducing them. They're taking on forms of seduction, and not necessarily rape. There is rape mentioned in her, but most of the time. Um, that d- doesn't sound like how they go about it. So it's a, everyday people ask themselves what they would do if they if they were having sex with a ghost. <laughs> would it be scary? Would it be to feel the same as having sex with another with a, someone alive? Would it be different um, between ghosts and spirits? What's the difference between a ghost and a spirit? Um, 
They're all demons, according to her, actually. So. Well, that's what she said. So, so sex with a ghost and another is another name for sex with a demon. Having sex with a ghost is less scary than having sex with a demon or an evil spirit. The spirit is a demon. Right. Okay. Right. So, yeah, exactly. So, she so does a lot on all her pages. He does a lot of it where it's like. Okay, it sounds like you're almost saying two different things, and you're murdering them to say something completely different. So she's basically saying now, that, that all are these... We, are we talking about ghosts in the Ghostbuster sense of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, 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 she's, she's just saying that these are that all these are different names for the same thing, right? Whatever yeah. the entity is, you know, a demon spirit, ghost, you know, it, it, they're all the same things that aren't in... To, to be fair, uh, probably. <laughs> I mean, if any of them actually existed, would, would there be a differentiation between them? Um, I don't know. <laughs> so, what's this next section? Um, psycho, psychophilia? I'm, spectrophilia? Yeah, spectrophilia. spectrophilia is, okay, is the obsession with uh, with ghost sex. And she talks a little bit in there, but in here she does have a section on sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis is one of... Yeah, you know, very was, briefly touches yeah. on it. Um, let's see, was when a sleeping person suddenly awakes and, and with finds with strong presence on their body here, here's it finds a strong presence on. So she talks about it, but not in a, not in a scientific sense. Yeah. She fi- finds a strong presence on your body. The demon then begins to rape the person. So this is sleep paralysis because it, so it automatically includes demon rape. Well, yeah. So well, she <laughs> says what it is somehow the rape only happens when you're in sleep paralysis. For some reason, the demon doesn't try to rape you beforehand. It only can rape you when you're actually in that state of sleep paralysis. So, so it is. So it isn't causing the sleep paralysis. No, it even says that. But here's it, the thing: it, is that just, sleep paralysis is when you wake to have a strong presence on top of you. So, is it the presence on top of you that's preventing you from moving, or the sleep paralysis? If there's the presence on top of me, I could still move my fingers. Yeah, there's no, there's no <laughs> rationale to this whole part of the sleep paralysis stuff <laughs> as he gives. It, it doesn't. Nothing within this. Makes any sense. Maybe the demon's sitting on top of the person, watching them to wait uh, okay. until they <laughs> paralysis. Oh, wait. And if they don't, they get peeved off at themselves because, well, you know. Oh, and apparently, I, I love them. this one. Demons have the ability to manipulate the mind into desiring sex. Um, <laughs> now, 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 here's the main thing. Uh, here's the main thing I want to know. Is pottery uh, a good method, uh, <laughs> method of ghost production, or is that all just myth? <laughs> Well, considering that there's only one source of that so far, and I doubt they've actually done a very big um, <laughs> research into it, I'm going to have to go with myth. Here, here's a, it, this, this set, the here at the bottom of this section it says forcing a spirit to leave is much more difficult. Demon is not a ghost, but I thought she said up here that they that they yeah. all were demons, that they're all the see, same thing. See, Ghosts is another uh, name for demon sex. Go- it's not a ghost. See, there's a lot of that going back and forth. You know, uh, you can control a demon ghost or a demon. I was like, what, are they different or the same? What? Yeah, see, demon ghost, but trust me, if, if you if if you do a lot more within her um <laughs> website here, it gives you a headache. So there's a lot of stuff like the the da How is he connected? See, a woman yeah, that married wow. a ghost. We've seen a couple women that married ghosts. Remember, yeah. we've seen a couple a couple of that. Um, yeah, this this is the pirate mm, one. Pirate. We talked we talked about the ghost, ghost pirate. pirate. Yep, that's yeah. the one I was thinking. And apparently, according to um the site, that that was a demon. That tricked her into marrying him, and basically and was stealing her life energy. What if you get a? What if you uh, get a I ghost? I believe he dumped her as well, didn't he? They got a divorce. Oh yeah, they got a divorce. Got a divorce. Yeah. But my, I guess I have a question here. What if you get a ghost stuck in your vagina? How do you deal with vagina ghosts? 
Well, then, then you need a then you need a mystic with a magic penis. There is a book on that. I I, I know of its existence. A... I I've not read it, but there is an actual fiction book that exists of a haunted vagina. So women and girls are at risk of possession. It's this is where things kind of get dangerous here. Most importantly, the two women uh, flaw flaws their experience. Wait, most importantly. The two, two women, women flaunt, flaunt the experience of ghosts as a pleasant daily experience. Okay, this desire leads young girls to want to try it out for curiosity. Uh, I read on the web that girls are wearing negligee and ask a ghost to come to them for sex. The ghost is a demon, and the girls will become possessed. Where where's the source? Where's the source on that? I, she, I mean, come on. Do they use their webcam? <clears throat> Somebody Google. You know, that. There, there are actually people who uh, who make a living on like eBay or whatever selling haunted ghost dolls. Well, they, yeah, uh, yeah. They, they intuit has a ghost in them. eBay puts an end to, and puts a stop to those when they catch them, though. I don't uh, think so. That's... What lingerie is it that would attract ghosts? I don't know. Google it for, on somebody <laughs> else's computer. Hillary, <laughs> uh, can I use your phone for a second? <laughs> I don't know. I read on the web. That girls wear negligee and ask ghosts to have sex with them. Where? I'm just going to Google girls have... Let's see. I'm just going to Google that part of it. Well, I'm not there Googling ghost it. ghost lingerie at Etsy, but yeah, that's what I thought. Lingerie with ghosts and stuff on it. Young, passionate, hot couples kissing and hugging while... Nope, that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> um, well, it depends on what mood you're in. Well, I'm not looking for it right now. <laughs> 51... 51 plus lingerie jokes. Oh, well, okay. I, I, I think I found a good one. I think I found a winner. Um, <laughs> why do nuns so, wear fancy lingerie? Wait, so wait, wait, hold on. No, no, no. Why do nuns wear fancy lingerie? Come on. Work with me here. Uh, because, uh, because they're married oh, to Christ. Oh, you know what? I Dumbass almost had it. Sheer habit. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I got thirty-one lingerie. I got fifty-one lingerie jokes. That that'll keep me. That'll, that'll keep me busy. Later. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't you know find. What's going to be on the next podcast? But what I cannot find, what I cannot find, is a, is a story where young girls are wearing uh, negligees and asking the ghosts to have sex with them. I'm not finding it. Oh, uh, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you after the show, bro. Oh, okay. I can show you. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyways, Brian's next two um, articles actually do go into the more scientific go, idea. Go, of go, help, help yourself. Obviously, you, you're yeah. more passionate about this than I was. So, help yourself. <laughs> so, yeah, and the, the, so the, the next two articles actually do talk about the actual condition of sleep paralysis and the um, you know seeing demons. In fact, one of my lovers, um, are demons real? The short answer, sort of. The paralysis is real. The phenomenon of seeing something demon-like while experiencing sleep paralysis is also real. As for the demon itself, not real. We promise. <laughs> so, and the interesting thing is, looking into the sleep paralysis stuff, you see patterns. The sleep, uh, um, a, a lot of the accounts of demon sex from, you know, we're just talking about nuns, um, hundreds of years ago, you read their experience, it, they, they describe sleep paralysis completely. And then they, you know, are having demons for themselves on them. Uh, these are nuns in churches where the demon thing is what they are being taught. So, okay, yeah, um, that makes sense as to why when they're in that level of suggestion of sleep paralysis, that is what they see. We I, I explored that with the hag thing. You know, the, she was told, oh, the hag's what visiting. Okay, when you're in that level of suggestion, 
That's what your mind goes to. And then the other one, of course, um, the more recent one, is alien abduction. Now, um, yeah. basically, the Roswell instance, which happened um, June, July of 1947, there are nothing about um, – you can look it up and find if – if you find something that proves me wrong, go ahead. But if, And if there are any, there are very few and very um, separate. The major – you know, a- after the 1947 thing, suddenly people who are um, reporting the sleep paralysis experience were having alien abductions. And once – you know, and you can I, – I saw a graph. I wish I could have found it for you guys. I did look for it, but these are old, old notes of mine. From 10 years ago, so it's hard to find that stuff still online. But there was a thing showing that, yeah, um, you can see Ro- Roswell happens, alien uh, abduction experiences suddenly, and you know, once it hits news, it's skyrocketing. And so with each of these things within the sleep paralysis, if you do the research and look at um, you know, the surroundings and stuff, you can see, okay, that's where, where the influence came. And uh, I, I find it so telling that, in you know, so we have um, demon sex, ghost sex, the old hag, and um, alien abductions. If you look at um, the reports from the experiences, they will all describe the same physical sensations. They will all describe so much similar up until the hallucination part of what exactly is causing it. I, I got it. And I, yeah, it seems like even alien sightings were were didn't really start to happen. I mean, guess there, there's certain yeah. there's minor claims in the you know early you know uh, there there well, are a few here and yeah. But, but really, it's, it's a much more modern thing anyway. You know, yeah. it started with, and it probably Roswell kicked off a lot of that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. And once more, it's the power of suggestion. Uh, you know, to me, that's one of the biggest things with all this. Um, you know, even the joking sex with Ghost. Um, so talk about how the initial stuff was just like playing with a Ouija board. And that's how you let the ghost in. Well, if you believe the Ouija board is actually communicating with spirits and you are open to the suggestion that you're opening a doorway between the spirit world and the real world, you're highly suggestible to believing the spirits are going to possess you and stuff. And your mind plays tricks on you. Sure. We know that. We've, we've, we've seen that so many times. You know, the, the, your, your mind can really fuck you over if you let it. Yeah, I've, uh, I've had the sleep paralysis and I've had, like, um, hallucinations, although, like... Uh... Uh, my, my hallucination, hallucination was kind of uh, weeks off. I, I haven't had them both together. Um, I, I'm not sure if I mentioned it to you guys. One, uh, one time, uh, way back years ago, uh, I woke up in uh, in bed next to my wife and saw like what looked like uh, I guess a star old series Star Trek style uh, energy blob over the bed, and uh, I, I sat up and looked at it. It seemed to stay in the same spot, hovering like not just a dot before my eyes, but then it like just whisked out. I, it could be kind of cool when you realize what it is, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And to basically to understand your mind can do that is amazing. And, you know, especially if you look at the vast majority, once more going off of the stuff I was trying to set up for this, I was looking at stories of ghost sightings. The vast majority of people that have said they've experienced actual ghost sightings, they will talk about how they were kind of dozing off. How, you know, th- th- right. almost the, the vast majority of them have this certain level of, they are not fully conscious, and when you when you start going into these um, low levels of unconscious approaching sleep, you are more susceptible. Your your we know your brain places information in it to fill in gaps. We know that for a fact. Your mind does it all the time. Most of the time, luckily, you know you're in a familiar area, so the gaps being filled in is what you know is right around you. But when your brain's not quite sure what's going on, okay, well let's fill in this gap because this is what um. 
you're most likely going to believe is happening. So, you know, it, your mind definitely fills in these gaps when you're partially conscious and something startles you. Right. Yeah. It, but it, but the harm comes when people, instead of talking about sleep paralysis and, and, and the harm and, and what's happening, instead tell you, you know, you see a site where that is confirming that you're having sex with ghosts. Right. Yeah. That that that, that site. I mean, while, while we sat there and had it had it had a good time with it is actually a harmful site. It's actually a problem. Yeah. Well, it's, and it's for someone who, um, it, you know, is an exorcist. Right. She, exactly. You know, makes money off getting people to hire her to come in and exercise the ghosts. Yeah. It, and, 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 you know, I've put in two. I put in two that, you know, that talk about what's actually going on with sleep paralysis. Right. Because it's a real phenomenon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Um, you know, no one's saying this doesn't happen. But what we're saying is it's all your mind um, playing the tricks. There's no evidence of demons. It's a scientifically studied phenomenon. We know what sleep paralysis is. And that's why the old hag story was one that really stuck out to me because, um, you know, she was suffering from sleep paralysis. If she was worried about it, she should have gone to a doctor. Yeah, Instead, she talked to a friend. Uh, also, like, like people uh, uh, have trouble believing that it's in their mind, too, because that makes it sound like uh, they're being called crazy or unusual, yeah. where... Um, you you got to hammer in. The fact is, uh, like uh, hallucinations, especially uh, around bedtime, uh, are pretty common. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, like I said, I had them. Mine was pretty weak sauce, but no, other no. people have come forth and saying that mm. that they've had them as well. No, the scariest one for me when I, um when I was a kid and I got sick, I'd have these pounding headaches that literally like you know I could my my head was pounding like a heart. And there was one night in bed that I woke up with the headache. And the room itself became a heart. I could swear the walls were beating like a heart. And, you know, it, it was pretty freaky to me. But I, even at that age, I was like, okay, this is not real. My room is not really doing this. This is the pounding headache triggering this in me. You know, right. I, it, it was, I did not find it hard at all to rationalize and say, okay, this is a dream thing. It was scary and pretty, you know, obviously left an imprint on my mind. But we but, talked. Yeah, but we talked about people that are more prone to those kinds of fancies in the first place, right? And, right. and, and how they're more likely to, to interpret these things as being some sort of demon or ghost or alien, yeah. right? That there, there, there's some underlying prerequisites that if people are more likely to believe these things, then they're much then then when they think something happens, they're much more likely to jump to that. Yeah, right. Well, and um, in my personal experience. Um, a person that you yourself know, Brian, who used to live with me, and she believed in this kind of stuff. She was highly suggestible. Uh, there were several times where I actually was a one time I got her to specifically dream about the house being haunted. I told her, well, you know, we had a whole conversation. I was telling her, yeah, the house, um, according to my friend John, the house is haunted. And that night she had a dream of the house being haunted. Sure. And there was another time where I just made the casual remark of, you know what? I want you to think about me in a um strapless ball gown for the rest of the um day she could not get that vision out of her head all because i described me in a, a strapless ball gown yeah i cannot see that either. Ian, Ian. <laughs> i can't get that out of my head either Ian. <laughs> but yes oh, I, yeah. I understand what you're saying yeah yeah but, but the, it's the, the, in my personal experience the people who are more susceptible to believe that something like sleep paralysis is supernatural are the ones you probably can do a fair amount of manipulating fairly easily with and just giving them certain suggestions and triggering their mind to go in that direction. Yeah. 
I mean, I was a little concerned when you put Hag in there that you were just going to talk about your ex-wife. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. Do we got anything else, or is that it? That's all we have in all the right. notes. Well, then let's end on that disappointment. Say goodnight, everybody. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. And that is another one in the sleep paralysis can. You know, without Mac here, I do the best I can. Well, it's, it's another one in the hosting can. That's another one what? in the nasal cavity. Yay! I'll take it. If you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time. You're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Sharealike No Derivatives 3.5 license. Intro music by Peter Canold. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.